We're back for another week of y'all, the show all about the South, the show with a Southern accent. This is y'all. I'm your host, John Rawl. Hope you all had a wonderful weekend, and we're going to get started here on a Monday with all the goodness that the y'all show provides, including in hour two today, Jerry Short will be stopping by with short stories, and with Jerry, I'm going to relive part of my weekend yes i had a somewhat interesting fun weekend and i got my passport stamped i went beyond the mason dixon line (laughs) over the weekend and i'll tell you all about it i'll tell you where i went and what i did in hour two it was fun and it was quite a relief to be honest with you especially when it came to my legs i'll explain in hour two also in hour two we'll look around all of the goings-on in sports including the Atlanta Braves narrowly missing out on a no-hitter on Sunday in Atlanta at SunTrust Park as the pitcher for the Braves was one out away from a perfect, uh, not a perfect game, but a, but a no-hitter and just couldn't get it done. The Braves get the win over the Dodgers, but a close call for the Braves. A South Carolinian wins in Canada on the PGA Tour. We'll have all that in our review of the weekend in sports in hour two. In this hour, we're going to be telling you about a state that was a seceding state from a seceding state. Confused? We'll tell you about West Virginia and the business climate of the Mountain State a little later this hour in our Y'all Street Business Report, where we look at all the activities going on in our region and West Virginia, which is on the fringe of the South. We know that. But they're more southern than northern, as I've discovered when I've been up there before in an interview with Joe Manchin, the current senator and former governor of West Virginia. I went to Charleston and interviewed him at the State House, and he explained to me how West Virginia breaks down, and it is more southern than northern. So kudos to the Mountain State for being that way. But we'll talk about West Virginia's business forecast and some good news on the business front in West Virginia. That's later this hour in our Y'all Street Business Report. Plus, we'll have hashtag hullabaloo where we dive in and find the goodness that is social media from a southern perspective. That's coming up on the Y'all Show. But we'll start out this hour of Y'all with a look around the headlines of Dixie. And I'll never think of a chicken farm quite the same as in Georgia, $12 million of marijuana was seized from a chicken farm. Yeah, this happened in Madison County, east of Atlanta, and the Madison County Sheriff's Department had gone to a farm early in July and discovered discovered something that prompted them to get a search warrant, and they found a large-scale marijuana grow at the chicken farm. This was an abandoned chicken farm, and there are lots of chicken farms in Georgia. Gainesville, Georgia, is the home of the chicken processing industry, And so because of that, there's, golly, bukus of chicken farms across North Georgia and even in South Carolina, North Carolina. Authorities say say they seized roughly 3,500 plants and 250 pounds of the finished product of marijuana and the value, again, at $12 million. They put photos of the seizure on social media, and you could see several rows of plant containers in the photos. So in Georgia, converting abandoned chicken houses to marijuana grow farms may be a growing, pun intended, 
pun, uh, growing trend, especially in Madison County, and and that is a that is being creative for for sure there in Georgia with that. Now this is a horrible story that I read out of Alabama, and I I don't really like talking about murders, but this one was so bad that I felt like it was newsworthy to the rest of the region. And this happened in Gunnersville, Alabama, in North Alabama, south of Huntsville. A young boy and his grandmother were murdered. Colton Ryan Lee was seven years old, and he went to elementary school in Huntsville. He was staying with his, not grandmother, but great-grandmother in Gunnersville earlier in July when the pair were brutally murdered. Ugh, horrible, horrible news there. Just a, a sad story. Luckily, they did find the person that supposedly has been the person that did this, and that's good news. But yes, what a terrible thing as a seven-year-old and his great-grandmother murdered in Gunnersville, Alabama. A GoFundMe page has been set up by the Albertville High School class of 2004 to assist with funeral costs and other expenses. Police found the young boy and his great-grandmother, Mary Ann Martin, age 75, dead at her Mulberry Street home back on July 13th. Lee died from blunt force trauma and Martin was strangled and stabbed. The home was also robbed. The person charged with both murders is 50-year-old Jimmy O'Neill Spencer, a homeless man and burglary convict who had been released from prison back in January. Another victim, 65-year-old Martha Relliford, was found dead in her home across the street the same evening. Police say she was hit with a hatchet, stabbed, and robbed of cash. You know, killing this guy just isn't good enough, assuming he is the person that did it. What a horrible thing there. And again, you can help out with the GoFundMe page for this young boy, Colton Ryan Lee. And uh, they're trying to raise money for his funeral and to support his family there with this just terrible accident or terrible murder in North Alabama. To the state of Virginia, and a Republican delegate in the Virginia General Assembly is going to resign. And because of that, it's going to potentially put the Republican slim House advantage at risk. Delegate Greg Habib notified party leadership Friday that he's going to step down at the end of August. He's a 42-year-old, and he sent an email to supporters and colleagues in the General Assembly of the state of Virginia. And he wants to leave, and a special election will give Democrats a chance to gain a seat, but it will be a tough one for them to win. Republicans in Virginia currently hold a 51-49 to 49 House advantage. A 50-50 split would require a power-sharing agreement. Remember... It was a few months ago where there was a contest that they had to determine the winner by coin toss, and the Republican won that in Virginia. And now a delegate in the Virginia General Assembly is going to be leaving, creating potentially another scene of, of the leadership struggle going on in Richmond. And we'll just keep our eye on what happens there, but perhaps he'll be replaced by another Republican if you're of the Republican mindset in in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Now to Tennessee, and in the race for governor in Tennessee, which, by the way, on the Tuesday, y'all, we're going to welcome in Joel Ebert of the Tennessean newspaper in Nashville, and he's going to give us his inside perspective on all things Tennessee politics as the state is holding a primary Thursday of this week. And in the race for governor, the tab for all of the advertising and such going on for the August 2nd primary has topped $51 million. Four Republicans have spent $45.7 million 
infused $40.2 million of their personal money and raised $13.2 million otherwise. Ex-State Economic Development Commissioner Randy Boyd personally added $5.2 million in July. His total campaign expenditure to date is $19.5 million. And, and at $21 million, Boyd is the biggest spender. His, his election long total and then coupled with all the other stuff he's going on. Congresswoman Diane Black has spent twenty, uh, rather $12.3 million in the campaign. For Democrats, ex-Nashville Mayor Carl Dean has outspent House Minority Leader Craig Fixhue $4.4 million to 984000 Dean added $750,000 in personal money this month, up to $1.5 million total. So they're putting a lot of money down in the state of Tennessee for governor. And when we get Joel on the phone Tuesday to talk about what's going on in the volunteer state, is all this really worth it? Is being governor of Tennessee that important that you've got to spend over $51 million to get elected? I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong. That seems like a lot of money, and this probably is going on in every state, but Tennessee, we know, has spent a fortune to try to take over the reins uh, in Nashville. Now to, to Tuskegee, Alabama. That is where the Tuskegee Airmen trained during World War II. Well, one of the aviators went missing during the war, and he's now been identified 73 years later. Captain Lawrence Dixon, a fighter pilot who had trained at Tuskegee Army Flying School, was 24 when he went down over Austria on December 3rd, 24, 23rd of 1944 while on a mission. The Defense POW MIA Accounting Agency had been investigating the possibility that human remains and other items found at a crash site in Austria this past summer were Dixon's. And the agency informed his daughter in New Jersey on Friday that the remains were those of her father. And she, of course, she was very excited to find that out and relieved about knowing that her father, I mean, you have to wonder, was she, I guess, probably really doesn't remember. I don't know how old this woman, she's 76 years old. So she would have been three years old and her father probably had already been deployed. She probably has very little, if any, memories of her father before he was killed during World War II. But that's a good story there. Tuskegee Airmen's remains found 73 years later. And when we talk to Jerry Short in hour two of today's Y'all Show, he's going to talk about the remains of the Korean veterans being brought back from North Korea last week and his thoughts on that. Sad news from Memphis as wrestler Brian Christopher Lawler died Sunday. He is the son of Jerry Lawler, the king of WWE. And Brian Lawler was a wrestler himself, the son of the king. He was found hanging in his cell at the Hardeman County Jail in Tennessee. Corrections officers admitted CPR until paramedics arrived. He was taken to Regional Medical Center where he died Sunday afternoon. He was 46 years old. Sad ending there for the son of Jerry Lawler. He had gone to jail recently. Uh, booked into the Hardeman County Jail. Police said he drove under the influence, evaded arrest, and drove with a suspended license. And now it appears he's taken his own life. Brian Christopher Lawler, son of Jerry Lawler. Now to Texas, and a congressman from the Austin area has been turning up the water, if you know what I mean. Records show that 
Congressman Mike McCall and his family last year used more water than any other residents served by the Austin Water District, consuming more than 1.4 million gallons of H2O. McCall's home is one of 22 residents that used more than a million gallons of city water. What in the world is going on with Mike McCall, the congressman from Austin, and his use of water? Uh, luckily, I guess they haven't been in a total drought in Austin, but golly, you got to pay for it. And I guess Congress, Congress pays good money and they can afford a, a hefty water bill. The Spokesman for the Republican congressman says he's had chronic problems with water pipes. A spokesman cited faulty water pipes in 2011 when McCall again appeared as one of the top residential consumers of water in Austin. The water district says the average residential consumer uses about 70,000 gallons of water a year. Well, I like me a good shower, so maybe the McCall household loves good showers and perhaps has nice grass that they need to pump water to. Or, in their defense, they said that part of this could be faulty pipes causing leaks. And if you've ever had a pipe in the yard that didn't have a leak, it can add up rather quickly. And also can affect your pressure. There's nothing like a shower that the pressure is not quite there with the water and you, you feel like you're getting robbed, kind of like, I guess, Congressman McCall feels like he's getting robbed in Texas. To North Carolina we go and on the coast of North Carolina if you get on one of those automotive ferries which I just was on over the weekend and you're going out to one of the outer banks you might notice high in the air below the US flag on your ferry a Trump flag Trump 2020 flag that is and this flag flying on the North Carolina North Carolina owns this ferry and it is bringing attention and an investigation is underway because you shouldn't be flying a political flag on a ferry that is state-operated. And this is on the Outer Banks of North Carolina, Cape Hatteras and such. Photos posted on social media show the flag says Trump 2020 and is flying below the U.S. flag and even with the North Carolina flag. flag was flown during a late run from Hatteras to Oracoke. And the flag was up for one run, someone said, but it possibly could have been up more. The Twitter user deleted his photo of the flag saying he had made his point. You have to wonder if this was just something that somebody put up for a joke or what, but probably shouldn't be putting up political candidates' flags on a state-owned ferry, okay? Or state-operated ferry. Not a good idea. But uh, Trump 2020 flags already out there being made, it appears. In Louisiana, the bald eagle population is growing after nearly dying out in the 1970s. The Pelican State's bald eagle population is showing signs of a comeback. The State Department of Wildlife and Fisheries says its latest eagle survey shows not just a high number of nests, but a high number of healthy chicks in them. News outlets report that the department says the survey shows 264 nests in Louisiana in active use. And that is a great gain from the 70s when the state had less than seven nests. So we don't know the exact number of bald eagles in Louisiana, but with all the outlets that eagles have to swoop in and get a good meal, I'm sure there's a lot of bald eagles in Louisiana and surrounding states. I've had one experience with a bald eagle flying overhead, and it was a beautiful thing to see. 
especially when you have no idea that one's going to be near you and you look up and it's like, God, what a big bird. Oh gosh, he's got a white head. Well, I think that's a bald eagle. And sure enough, he swoops down into the pond nearby and gets him a meal. Then I never saw him again. So I don't know if he, he saw me and like, I don't want to be around that fella. But uh, yeah, bald eagles making a comeback, really not just in Louisiana, but across the region and hopefully across the country. Congratulations to Atlanta Braves great Chipper Jones. He was inducted to the Baseball Hall of Fame on Sunday. It was Chipper Jones' rookie season in 1995 that Atlanta captured the 1995 World Series title in Atlanta against the Cleveland Indians. And speaking of the Bravos, on Sunday they had a Hall of Fame moment almost as one of their pitchers came within an out of getting a no hitter, but it wasn't meant to be. But congrats to Larry Jones, this is his real name, better known as Chipper Jones, inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. And if you grew up liking the Braves and, and you really grew up in the 80s watching the Braves, like I did, and really have a, an affinity for those guys, the Dale Murphys of the world and the Chris Chambliss and the Horners and the Brooks Benedict and such. When you see a guy like Chipper Jones, who was a kid whenever you were an adult, frankly, getting into the Baseball Hall of Fame now, yeah, that, that, that makes you feel a little old. <laughs> and to Arkansas we go, and in Jefferson County, a woman was arrested over the weekend after telling investigators with the sheriff's office there she shot and killed her husband because he bought pornography. Just after 2.30 Saturday, 69-year-old Patricia Hill called 911 and told dispatchers she just shot her husband, Frank. And they went to the home and found 65-year-old Frank Hill dead in a backyard shed. He had been shot twice. And this woman admits that she shot her husband because he bought porn. Can't make this up. Now, this is a good precursor to what we have coming up next here in our headlines from across the South, as we've got some great candidates for D-U-M-M, dumb. we got dumb and dumber coming up now. Are you ready for this? A man in Jacksonville, Florida, went into a convenience store holding a live gator and he chased people holding this live gator as he was purchasing beer and a video shows this whole episode happening in Jacksonville. The man whose identity has not yet been confirmed walked into the store holding the gator in his right hand. The animal's mouth appeared to be taped shut, thank goodness. Y'all ain't out of beer, are you? The man asked while walking toward the front counter. Is he taking the last bit of beer? You aren't taking the last bit of beer, are you? He said to someone in the back of the store. Yeah, all of this is on video. And then the man grabbed a 12-pack of beer. The Florida wildlife officials are investigating the incident. Of course, you can't go out with a gator in your arm. BYOG, bring your own gator. But uh, just, just... Stupid, absolutely stupid. The video of this has already been seen by nearly a half a million people as of Saturday in Jacksonville. Yeah, taking a live gator into a convenience store because they, they, they might be running out of beer. You think that one's bad in the Sunshine State? Well, to the Volunteer State we go 
and in Nashville. Talk about a goofball. (laughs) Brody Young, early last week, went into a McDonald's in South Nashville, went into the women's restroom, got naked, and started doing jumping jacks. He was arrested, thank goodness. But that's not the end of Brody Young's week. The very next day, Young was arrested again in the Nashville area, but this time for huffing spray paint in a Lowe's store paint section. This happened on Nolansville Pike Tuesday, and the the police came because they got a call about a man acting erratically in the parking lot. (laughs) Yeah. See, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, from from getting naked in McDonald's to going into a Lowe's and and huffing spray paint, obviously he has a problem. We, we wish Brody Young the best. But golly, dumb and dumber, d- dumbest on the Y'all Show on a Monday. What a way to get going. Well, when we come back, don't go anywhere. We're going to have the hashtag Hullabaloo up next where we look at the madness of social media and find goodies out there that we've just got to share with you that's right around the corner on the y'all show with john rawl on a monday blue star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation it's amazing it's like as soon as you put it on you can feel it working we've had blue star in the family for years it works on everything i love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Small business owners, there's something you do better than anyone else. And with Vistaprint, it's easier than ever to promote what makes your business great. In fact, at Vistaprint.com, you can get 500 standard cards for as low as $9.99. Check out hundreds of customizable templates or upload your own one-of-a-kind designs. You can create a business card that works as hard as you and make it as unique as your business. Just go to Vistaprint.com to get your 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 4646 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 4646. Hey, Dad, want to shoot some hoops? In a bit, buddy. I promise. Allegra knows that allergy symptoms can get in the way of enjoying the moment. I'll just play by myself. For outdoor and indoor allergies, get Allegra. It's the fastest non-drowsy allergy relief. It starts working in one hour, helping you break through your worst allergy symptoms with continuous 24-hour relief. Yes! Great shot, buddy. Let's play another game. You're on, Dad. Get Allegra and get back to the moment. Among single-ingredient OTC-branded oral antihistamines. Use as directed. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I should have done this years ago. Disclaimer, traveling back in time is physically impossible unless you know how to build a functioning time machine. Then by all means, travel 25 years back in time, switch your car insurance to GEICO. You could save a bunch of money. While you're there, please prevent your younger self from wearing that sleeveless tuxedo t-shirt, parachute pants, and glitter high tops to your senior prom. And at long last, rectify this horrible crime against nature. GEICO is absolved of all liability if you destroy the fabric of time and space. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
We're yawling it up on Monday. Welcome back to the Y'all Show with General John Rawl, the show where we talk with a southern accent, and we have a southern accent on all things on this program, whether it's the news, we put a southern spin on it, whether it's sports, we put the old southern spin on it, and if it's cooking, if it's politics, or if it's just having fun, we try to put a deep south twist to it. And that's what we try every day on the Y'all Show to accomplish. And if you want to reach out to us, our number is 803-816-1170. We'd love to get your comments, suggestions, and more. That's a number you can text anytime you want to, 803-816-1170. Going on to our Twitter feed, at Y'all Show, we find all kinds of goodies out there. And this one is from Nicole on Twitter, at ColeyQ12. And she's got a statement followed by a gif, the old gif rooney And we're going to have a few of those on today's hashtag hullabaloo. That's what time it is on the Y'all Show. Play that music. Yeah. Hashtag hullabaloo. And she puts, it's a real problem. Okay. That's her statement. Now, here's her gif. And I'm going to share my own thought. Here's the gif. A southern goodbye is saying goodbye 20 times and standing around talking for another half hour while slowly inching your way to the door. <laughs> you know who you are, and you know who people, people who are guilty of a southern goodbye. I can be this way myself. If I'm really in a good conversation, hey, I don't want it to end. I, I know it may be time to go, but man, I don't, I don't want to... I don't want to go back and be bored and lonely. I've got a, I've got an audience. Why do I want to say goodbye even though I know it's time for them to go and time for me to go? I'm out in the parking lot kicking rocks. But, yeah, Southern goodbye. Now, I know deep down that I may be guilty of this some, but there's a lot of other people that are guilty toward me on this front, and I'm sure you can relate. Where do you get those Southern goodbyes more often? If you're at a meeting, a scheduled meeting where you were going to be maybe supposed to be out for a certain amount of time, I don't think they're quite as bad. But let's say you have a an encounter at a grocery store or somewhere out in public and you, you have a southern goodbye occurrence where someone just won't actually leave after they've already told you 20 times goodbye and they still aren't quite going. Isn't that a lot worse? Because... If you're out in public, chances are you're under a deadline. You 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 know you you have to get back home to the kitchen because you're cooking something, or maybe you've got to go pick up the kids from school. And here's someone who just won't leave you alone, who won't seal the deal and cut the umbilical cord. And they're having the old southern goodbye last and last and last. Not fun. And you don't want to be rude and say, "Look, I'm sorry. You've told me 20 times goodbye." And that's it. I'm out of here. I guess you could do that, but there comes a point in time where you, you just gotta, you do have to cut that cord. Southern goodbyes. Yeah, I'm guilty of doing it. I know, but been the victim of it a lot more. But I really appreciate Nicole you sharing that on Twitter. It's kind of a fun thing to bring out. Poetry South on Twitter at poetry underscore South. And they want to announce that they've created a list of Southern poets and started adding names. 
Subscribe if you love Southern poets or message us if you know of someone or are just one and want to be added. Just briefly explain why. I'm not really into the poetry. I'm not really into Southern poetry at Poetry South. But if you are a Southern poet, go to the email or rather the Twitter account at poetry underscore South and check out what all they have to offer. I'm not endorsing it. I'm just telling you as someone who likes to share news about our region that this account looks like they're looking for more activity on the poetry front. So let your fingers do the walking before we start balking. <laughs> I'm trying to be a poet here. Uh, better chance of me being a poet than a rap artist. But Poetry South, thank you for what you're doing, assuming you're doing a good job. I don't really want to criticize you too much or compliment you because I don't I don't really get into poetry. Emily Rose on Twitter, at Emily Rose El Paso. So perhaps she lives down in the West Texas town of El Paso. Emily puts on Twitter, honestly, when I have to run fast, I always ditch my shoes, laughing aloud, loud Southern. And she's got a gif here of a picture. She, a picture that evidently she's sharing on Twitter. You not from the South if you don't run faster barefoot. And that's what someone put, and she has shared that. Essentially saying if you're from the South, you're faster by going barefoot. I'm not going anywhere barefoot. I don't even like to go barefoot in my own home because of splinters, because of crumbs. It's just more comfortable to have a pair of shoes on. But if you're one of those who subscribe to the belief that you're faster by going barefoot, especially running, as Emily Rose is out trying to tell us, then good for you. Good on you. I'm not going to subscribe to that. So let me know, though. Maybe, maybe that if that's true, there's some NFL teams and some college football teams that speed is so important that perhaps they can get away without wear without wearing cleats in football. I'd like to see somebody try to do that. Maybe someone could try to do that and use some kind of valid excuse, like it's doctor's orders they can't wear that. It slows them down or something. But yeah, Emily Rose, thank you for sharing that. I'll have to try that sometime. I just don't know where it'll be. Maybe maybe on a very nicely manicured golf course like Augusta National will you see me out running without my feet, without my shoes on. Yeah. All right. Sweet good girl on Twitter. This is so Southern I had to share with my Southern bells. Happy Sunday, beautiful people. May your crown shine bright and may you always be polite. Until such time when you need to become the country girl raised up right. And here is her gif on Twitter. Don't let the screen door hit you where the good Lord split you. <laughs> I've seen, I've, I've heard that term before. It sounds kind of a little bit on the red side. But yeah, don't let the screen door hit you where the good Lord split you. Okay, thank you, sweet good girl one for those prophetic words you need to share that with poetry south on twitter and that could be the start of a magical relationship <laughs> if we're looking to boost poetry in the south that's quite a quite a very short poem there that could use some some promotion that's biscuits and sausage on twitter 
Because a vegetarian might be southern too. Everybody eats is what we see on there. So yeah, I saw this random tweet and it was a picture of a beautiful biscuit. Looked like a sausage biscuit, but they said it's biscuits and soy sage. S-O-Y-S-A-G-E. And they were bragging about, yeah, a vegetarian might be southern too. Hashtag everybody eats. Surely they don't make like vegetarian sausage, do they? Well, it turns out, yes, there are brackets, links, and patties designed to mimic real sausage, but actually made of non-meat soy products. And you can purchase that now. And I guess maybe it's even marketed as sausage, S-O-Y-S-A-G-E, as opposed to sausage. I haven't tried it, but I remember in, in school, people used to not eat the hamburgers supplied by the lunchroom at school because they had soy. They were made up of soy with hamburger meat, or maybe they were all soy. I, I like the, the schoolroom hamburgers and cheeseburgers when I was growing up. I don't know if you, if you had them or you liked them, but they tasted darn good to me. And if I, if I can remember back, back correctly, usually in a high school or elementary school, public school setting, Hamburgers always came with tater tots. It's really funny how no matter where you went to school, especially if you were in school in the 70s and 80s like I was, that most every school had, it didn't matter where you lived, kind of the same meal combinations. I remember sort of a meatloaf item came with sweet peas and mashed potatoes, and I would mix all that up, and God, it was so good. Pizza would come oftentimes. I don't remember what came with pizza. But most of the meals offered by lunchrooms I thought were pretty darn good. I'm so disappointed with so many kids now whose parents pack their meal every day. And the kids don't eat what the school provides. Now, I know Michelle Obama messed that up even more so. It was already hard enough for parents to provide a good meal for their kid by going through the school lunchroom option. But whenever Michelle Obama had to stick her nose into the nutritional aspect of kids, they made a already tough situation even tougher. And I'm only saying that based on they made this stuff so supposedly healthy that the kids definitely didn't want it. <laughs> I know it was intended to be a good thing, but I think it's backfired. And kids want to eat kids' food, okay? They want to eat peanut butter and jelly, and they want to eat pizza, and they want to eat, in some cases, burgers, and they love chicken. I think just about every kid in the world would probably, if given a choice, eat chicken fingers or chicken nuggets every meal of every day. We can't let that happen. There's other animals that need to be sacrificed besides just chickens for kids. We need our cows to be consumed. We need turkey we need fish and more. But yes, very good point. Everybody, hashtag everybody eats about sausage. I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot. It might be darn good. I'm, I'm not a hater here. We'll, we'll, we'll give it a shot. Finally, in our hashtag hullabaloo, this comes from Mia Marasico, who appears to be from Ohio, and she's a teenager, and she's gone to camp. And her Twitter account is 
at underscore Mia Marasico, M-A-R-S-I-C-O on Twitter. And she writes, leaving the hashtag best camp ever with a country accent because of all these Southerners right here, hashtag y'all. And I had to research hashtag best camp ever. And I found out that it appears that she was at Camp Covecrest, Covecrest in Tiger, Georgia, in extreme northeast Georgia. And this is a life teen camp in North Georgia. Camp Covecrest. Now, what is life teen? Well, I had to do some research and it appears that this life teen Camp Covecrest is a camp amongst other camps in the country whose mission statement is a Eucharist-centered movement within the Roman Catholic Church. Life Teen leads teenagers and their families into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ and his church. With the Blessed Virgin Mary as our intercessor and guide, Life Teen seeks to unleash the fullness of the sacramental power present within the young church. So it is a outreach of the Catholic Church, it appears. That's what Life Teen is. And here is a kid from Ohio coming down to Georgia, having a wonderful time and being with fellow Catholic teens from across the South, across the country, in a beautiful mountain setting. And I know North Georgia has not only, it appears, this Catholic camp there, there's a, a Jewish camp outside of Cleveland, Georgia, that is available for Jewish kids from across the region and country to come to during the summer months. I know there's Baptist camps all over North Georgia. There's a Lutheran camp in the mountains of Western North Carolina. Just about every church denomination has something in North Georgia or Western North Carolina, even in South Carolina, I think, too, in in Tennessee, too. All this time of year, these kids come from all over the country to these church camps and these synagogue camps, I guess, if you're Jewish, and they're enjoying the outdoors and they're enjoying the South and Perhaps this is the first time someone like Mia has been to the South for an extended period of time, and she's getting to be around we fellow Southerners and seeing it. That's a great place to be. And perhaps she's learning about her faith while she's at this camp, as as well as all the other kids. They're mixing in faith with the outdoors and the South. That's a darn good combination, and I'm glad that there's camps like Camp Covecrest in Tiger, Georgia, out offering an opportunity for young kids to to do more with their life than just sit around playing video games. <laughs> when we come back on the Y'all Show, we'll go to West Virginia, by God, and we'll learn about the business activities of the Mountain State. That's ahead as we have our Y'all Street Business Report on a Monday. Stay with us. just hear an engine we hear a 6.2 liter hemi v8 with a supercharger that accelerates so fast it'll suck the air out of your lungs and knock you back in your seat like you're an astronaut in a rocket ship hurtling through the stratosphere but then again we're not most people we're the brotherhood of muscle dodge domestic not domesticated dodge is a registered trademark of fca us llc 
Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. Lightning can spark a fire in seconds. So today, I'll show you how to protect your belongings by covering them in a fireproof blanket fort. All you need is a hammer, nails, and 700 fireproof blankets. Upon completion, you'll notice your apartment isn't just fireproof, it's also extremely cozy. You could try to protect your valuables with a fireproof blanket fort, or you could get covered for personal property damage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Go to GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Welcome back. This is Y'all with John Rawl, and it's time for the Y'all Street Business Report, where we give a proper adieu to the activities of business in the southern region. And we go to the outskirts of the south now to West Virginia, and we're going to give West Virginia some business love. You know, recently we announced on the Y'all Show how West Virginia and Mississippi were at the bottom of a recent survey of good business states. Texas was like number one. Well, Mississippi and West Virginia were amongst the worst states from a business climate. But we're going to give West Virginia some credit here on the Y'all Show today because commerce is wheeling and dealing in wheeling West Virginia, (laughs) pun intended, and Charleston and other places across West Virginia. Officials in West Virginia are looking to expand existing business opportunities already in the state. And it appears to be working. Now, recently, Procter & Gamble decided to close two U.S. manufacturing plants and downsize a third to concentrate all of its U.S. manufacturing at the massive Procter & Gamble plant near Martinsburg, West Virginia, creating what the company says will be a factory of the future. So two other plants somewhere outside of West Virginia close, and they're now in Martinsburg, they're going to make a massive plant for Procter & Gamble. So credit West Virginia leaders for staying with Procter & Gamble and making this factory of the future a reality. The West Virginia plant is expected to be operational by 2020, and it's going to be the sole U.S. manufacturer of Swiffer cleaning products, Pantene, Head & Shoulders, Herbal Essences, and Aussie Shampoos. Old Spice, Olay, and Gillette body washes, and Dawn Joy and Gain dish soaps. That'd be a good factory to work at because I love all those products. I love to be clean. I don't know about you. Company officials are talking about as many as 1,800 jobs at the new 
upscaled plant and Procter & Gamble is going to be very excited to bring this to West Virginia's populace as they're expanding in Martinsburg. Now also in West Virginia there's been a $83 billion petrochemical development deal with China Energy Investment Corporation and that's still being worked out but a, a, a good opportunity there $83 billion potentially for West Virginia if that were to happen. Also the Commerce Department for the state of West Virginia has been working with political leaders and such. In September officials for Toyota announced they were investing more than $115 million to add an assembly line to the company's Buffalo West Virginia engine plant to start building transaxles for hybrid vehicles. So you've got automotive stuff going on. Truck manufacturer Hino Motors announced a $100 million investment to move its West Virginia manufacturing plant from Williamstown to Mineral Wells, West Virginia. This company employs about 300 people and is going to add another 250 jobs once the move is complete. So automotive jobs, you, you, we talked earlier about the cleaning products that Procter & Gamble is going to be making in West Virginia. And don't forget, because of President Trump's pro-coal stance, you're seeing an uptick in the coal future of West Virginia, an industry that's been a big part of West Virginia's culture since really its founding. And West Virginia as a state has a very complex founding. During the Civil War, it was part of Virginia. It had been in a part, a western portion of the state of Virginia, but in the Civil War, it essentially broke off from the rest of Virginia. Many didn't want it to. It was something pushed by the federal troops in Virginia, in, in West Virginia, and they made it a state on June 20th, 1863. And it really never should have been a state, frankly. It was a renegade breakaway from the state of Virginia because the Civil War was going on. Yeah, that, that's, that is strange. In fact, it is the only state in America, I think I'm right on this, the, it, it was the first state to separate from another state since Maine separated from Massachusetts. And I'm not aware of any other state since West Virginia that was formed from another state. I think I'm right on that because most of the states already kind of had their boundaries. But West Virginia, with its place being between really the deep south and the northeast, and you got the Midwest, it's, it's sort of the hub of all things right there in the mountainous areas of the Appalachians. And it's the mountain state, by the way, in case you didn't know that. West Virginia still, despite some of the reports coming out recently about how things were not that great, in West Virginia, well, it's got certain aspects from the business standpoint that are doing quite well. And we'll keep our eye on Charleston and the other towns throughout West Virginia and wish them the best of luck as they have pro-growth going on as they tweak already existing businesses in the state to expand and do more. Well, that's a look at the Y'all Business Report for this week. And next week, we'll have more exciting news from the business climate of the Southeast. And we'll share it with you on the Y'all Street Business Report. Well, that will conclude Hour 1 of today's Y'all Show. When we come back in Hour 2, we'll look back at the sports report from this weekend. And we'll have Jerry Short of Short Stories. He's going to be on to kind of walk through the weekend that I had this weekend, both sports-wise and 
personal wise where I actually traveled across the Ohio River. Can you believe it? Yes, I went into the enemy territory and I'll tell you all about it as I discuss it with Jerry in an hour or two. So hang on. We'll be right back with more of the Y'all Show with John Roy. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Small business owners, there's something you do better than anyone else. And with Vistaprint, it's easier than ever to promote what makes your business great. In fact, at Vistaprint.com, you can get 500 standard cards for as low as $9.99. Check out hundreds of customizable templates or upload your own one-of-a-kind designs. You can create a business card that works as hard as you and make it as unique as your business. Just go to Vistaprint.com to get your 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 4646 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 4646. Hour two of the Monday Y'all is back with you. Hello, John Rawl with you. Our Twitter account is at Y'all Show, and we go on Twitter and find all kinds of goodness in our hashtag Hullabaloo. We enjoyed bringing that to you in hour one, and we'll have more of the madness throughout the week here on the Y'all Show. I want to remind you on the Tuesday, y'all, we'll be talking with Joel Ebert of the Tennessean newspaper in Nashville, Tennessee. And Joel and I will talk about the big primary taking place Thursday of this week in Tennessee as voters go to the polls for the primary in Tennessee. And it has been a very heated contest for governor in the state of Tennessee and also for Senate. We'll tell you about all of that when we talk to Joel Ebert on the Tuesday, y'all. Plus, we'll try to get our barbecue report filed from Matt Herman's on the Tuesday y'all too. So lots of goodness coming your way on the Tuesday y'all. Lots of goodness happened above the border this past weekend. And I'm not talking about the border between the north and south. I've got some fun memories of my past weekend above the Mason-Dixon line border that I'll be sharing with Jerry Short in just a few when he stops by for short stories with Jerry Short in the next segment. Yes, I did go into Yankee land not to Beulah land, <laughs> to Yankee land this weekend with my boy. And uh, Jerry and I are going to tell you all about it. So we don't want to give the details away quite yet. But it was fun. And it was it, it included a Mark Twain experience that you'll just have to stay tuned for 
here on the Y'all Show. Well, my fellow Sandlapper, Dustin Johnson, does it again. And the pride of Irmo, South Carolina's Dutch Fork High School, the number one golfer in all of golf. He goes to Canada this weekend, and he wins the RBC Canadian Open, which is good for him since RBC is one of his major sponsors. And Dustin Johnson wins by three shots at the RBC Canadian Open held at Glen Abbey Golf Club in Oakville, Ontario. Second place was a tie between Kim and on Keegan Bradley, who was on fire with a bunch of eagles during the tournament. He finished four shots back of Dustin Johnson. Bradley was 19 under in the tournament. But a, another win for Dustin Johnson, the crowd there, they kind of adopted the South Carolinian in some ways because, first of all, he is number one in the, in the world in golf. But also, you know, his lady is hockey great Wayne Gretzky's daughter, Paulina. And Paulina's dad grew up in Brantford, Ontario, which is not far at all from where this course was held in Oakville, where this tournament was held. And some fans ended up coming to the PGA event wearing Edmonton Oilers jerseys and shouted Wayne and 99 and Paulina just had a, a, a happy Gilmore type event there in Canada this past weekend with Let's Go DJ being the prevalent cheer from the Canadians. What is this all about? I don't understand who their, their golf mannerisms in Canada, but the one tournament held in the Great White North, Dustin Johnson from the north side of Lake Murray, he goes to Canada and wins the RBC Canadian Open in a three-shot victory. He was in the lead on Sunday and held that lead, and kudos to DJ. And, you know, this hasn't been the best of years for him, at least from a major standpoint. I thought he would do a lot better at the uh, British Open last weekend, but that didn't turn out too good for him. But at, uh, the, Dustin does pull out a win in Canada, so he's the best in Canada. He may not be the best at the Open Championship, but he's he's good in, in the Great White North. Dustin Johnson winning on the PGA Tour. Now moving over to football on the Y'all Show, and we've talked about this before uh, on the program, some bad news from Knoxville. But it turns out that former Tennessee Vols football players A.J. Johnson and Michael Williams were both acquitted on rape charges that came down Friday. They had been indicted three and a half years ago, and a jury of seven women and five men deliberated for almost an hour and a half late Friday before they found that Johnson and Williams not guilty on all counts. Now Johnson is age 26 and Williams is age 25 I'm very happy about the decision, but these two former Tennessee volunteer football players, and this accusation had been something they'd been dealing with for, like we said, nearly three and a half years, and had been a part of the Tennessee football program. This had been a stain on Tennessee football all these years, acquitted on rape charges, no word yet on what the prosecution may or may not do going forward, but if you're Johnson and Williams, you're happy that it looks like maybe you can move on with your life and put this ugly chapter behind you as Tennessee has had more than its share of ugly off-the-field incidents throughout the last decade or so. Tennessee's rival, the Alabama Crimson Tide, well, they're gonna, Tennessee's going to have to put up with the Tide and having Nick Saban around for several more years. It came down the other day that Nick Saban had signed a deal through 2025 with the Capstone, and he's won five of the past nine national championships and his new agreement will extend his deal to coach Alabama through the 2025 season. 
paying him $8.3 million for the 2018 season. It's got to be approved by the university's board of trustees, but I'm sure they won't have any problems. This deal is worth at least $74.4 million and would boost Saban's average annual pay to $9.3 million if he sticks around for the duration of the contract. And right now Saban is 66 years old, so do the math. He's going to be nearly a $10 million a year man if he's able to keep it, uh, keep it going in T-Town. Ohio State's Urban Meyer, the former Florida coach before he got too sick to coach, but then found a way to be able to be perfectly healthy when he got to Columbus. Urban Meyer is set to make at least $7.6 million this season, is number two on that list with an average salary of $8.49 million. So Nick Saban being paid a lot of money. I believe he deserves a lot of money. The guy's maybe the best college football coach we've ever seen. Only Bear Bryant would rival him, and I'm not sure that Nick Saban's better than Bear Bryant. I, I guess the the, the st statue outside of Bryant-Denny will show you that if you go and see the championships for each of those two coaches. Now, I know Saban won his first at LSU, but I think right now they're actually even with total national championships, and he'll be able to eclipse Bear Bryant with one more, and he came a second away from winning one against Clemson the other year, but the Tigers got the best of him. And if he sticks around through 2025, I think Alabama will have more than one title added to their list of titles that they already claim, some of which are warranted and some of which are fake news, <laughs> Alabama fans. I'm sorry. Just had to rub it in. There's no way Alabama won a national championship. I think they claim 41 as a national title, 1941, when, you know, the the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor. I, I know. I'm kidding. It was the Japanese. I'm just quoting the classic movie uh, that we all grew to love in the late 70s and early 80s. But they did uh, claim that as a championship, I think. And Mississippi State won their one and only SEC championship in 1941. So how in the world can Alabama win a national championship when Mississippi State can't claim something like that too? Just some fuzzy math throughout the years for Alabama fans. Florida Gator fans are going to see a new grad transfer in the swamp this year as defensive lineman Adam Schuler, who is a Longwood Beach, Longwood, Florida native, actually, is coming to UF from West Virginia. He's graduated from West Virginia, and this defensive lineman is heading to his home state, and he'll try to add his strength to Dan Mullen's squad in 2018. He already earned his bachelor's degree in general studies last spring in Morgantown, and with his year of eligibility left, he's going to go back to the Sunshine State, not a bad place to, to have to be a graduate transfer, and he'll be a contributor, he hopes, to Dan Mullen and the Fighting Gators in 2018. Adam Schuler playing for the Florida this year, assuming all works out his way. Similar news to people being able to play football in 2018, Ohio State transfer running back Antonio Williams will indeed be able to suit up for the North Carolina Tar Heels. UNC said Friday that Williams is immediately eligible with two seasons of eligibility. Transfers typically have to sit out a year at their new school per NCAA rules, but UNC coach Larry Fedora last week said North Carolina had sought a waiver for immediate eligibility, and according to the folks in Orange County, North Carolina, they're saying that Antonio Williams, a former running back at Ohio State, will be suited up in Carolina Blue this fall 
and suiting up for Larry Fedora in the North Carolina Tar Heels. Good news if you are a fan of the Heels in college football. Now looking at some baseball recaps for this past weekend and how things went along Major League Baseball scenarios and Sunday's MLB action. You saw the Orioles get a win against the Rays on Sunday. Hey, that's that's kind of big news for, for Baltimore to get any kind of win, and that's what happened against the South Tampa Bay Rays on Sunday. Royals fell to the Yanks 6-3. You had the Reds knocking off the Phillies 4-0. Nats lose to the Miami Marlins 5-0. The Braves looked impressive in a win over the L.A. Dodgers 4-1. Newcomb lost a no-hitter with two outs in the ninth inning in that game. Tough break for Atlanta's pitcher. And that one, that win, 4-1 over L.A., snapped a four-game losing streak the Bravos had been on. And that is a look at the sports from this past weekend on the Y'all Show and a glimpse of what all's ahead. Reminder, on Tuesday's Sports Land Yap, we're going to look around the smaller teams of college football and more. We'll actually spotlight the Southern Conference as they had a media event last week. Didn't have a media day, but they kind of had a a prearranged agreement to promote the conference. And there's a SOCON school in Birmingham, Alabama, and they are the darling of the media in 2018. We'll tell you who that is on the Tuesday, y'all. And we'll, of course, have a lot of other exciting info coming at you on Tuesday's y'all. We'll have exciting info coming up in the next segment as Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola, will be on with his short stories. That's up next with y'all with John Raw. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the blue star in the first aid section. Feel blue star work fast or your money back. Small business owners, there's something you do better than anyone else. And with Vistaprint, it's easier than ever to promote what makes your business great. In fact, at Vistaprint.com, you can get 500 standard cards for as low as $9.99. Check out hundreds of customizable templates or upload your own one-of-a-kind designs. You can create a business card that works as hard as you and make it as unique as your business. Just go to Vistaprint.com to get your 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 4646 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 4646. Hey, Dad, want to shoot some hoops? In a bit, buddy. I promise. Allegra knows that allergy symptoms can get in the way of enjoying the moment. I'll just play by myself. For outdoor and indoor allergies, get Allegra. It's the fastest non-drowsy allergy relief. It starts working in one hour, helping you break through your worst allergy symptoms with continuous 24-hour relief. Yes! Great shot, buddy. Let's play another game. You're on, Dad. Get Allegra and get back to the moment. Among single-ingredient OTC-branded oral antihistamines. Use as directed. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I should have done this years ago. Disclaimer, traveling back in time is physically impossible unless you know how to build a functioning time machine. Then by all means, travel 25 years back in time, switch your car insurance to GEICO. You could save a bunch of money. While you're there, please prevent your younger self from wearing that sleeveless tuxedo t-shirt, parachute pants, and glitter high tops to your senior prom. And at long last, rectify this horrible crime against nature. GEICO is absolved of all liability if you destroy the fabric of time and space. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
And we are back on the Y'all Show, the Monday edition with General John Rawl. Our number 803-816-1170. The show all about the South. The show that has plenty of good info and plenty of tall tales from the teller of Takapoa way. And that is Jerry Short. And he's back with us now with Short Stories. Jerry, hope you're doing well on a Monday, sir. Well, Mr. Rawl, I guess I'm doing as good as I can do. And uh, I'm just interested to know what you've done this weekend. I hadn't talked to you. Well, actually, I've been teasing it all show, Jerry. I had quite the weekend. And it was it was something that I've been looking forward to. And if you don't mind, can I just kind of, you know, replay some of my weekend? And, and you feel free to chime in if you have a, a short story to go, yeah. to go along with it. Yeah, fill me, fill me, and I, I hadn't had a chance to talk to you. So well, I've got my know what you do. I've got my eight year old with me this week before he has to start school next week. Yeah, I can't wait for him to go back to school. Be great. Oh, I know. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm being facetious. They're all the kids listening right there, are like, what is this guy talking about? We don't want to go back to school. But yeah, most places we'll be back in school next week or the week after that. It's it's the summer's pretty much wrapping up. But I had my eight-year-old, who's going to help me co-host, by the way, on the Friday show of this week. So stay tuned for Knowlton and John Rawl on the Y'all Show on Friday. It should be a lot of fun. But this weekend, this past weekend, Jerry, I decided to do something with him that he has never done in his life. He went to an undisputed Yankee state. All right. Now you dang uh crossing the line yeah he's been to maryland which some people would say is a yankee state but uh, historically they've kind of been more of a southern state more than yankee state but as long as you didn't go to baltimore oh we went to baltimore we did go to Uh baltimore but we went to other parts of maryland too that was last year though maryland is one of those true border states along with kentucky and virginia that you just have to wonder sometimes a little bit of missouri but but this 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 past weekend we went to Illinois. Now, granted, we went to Southern Illinois, which I think most people in Southern Illinois would rather be part of Kentucky and Missouri if given the chance than Chicago. But that's just the way the borders were created a long time ago. But we went up into Southern Illinois. Now, to get there, Jerry, we went, uh, we left Tennessee. We went through the very far western edge of Kentucky, about as far west as you can get. We went to, mm. we went to a place yeah, called... Well, Hickman, Kentucky. Have you ever heard oh, yeah. of Hickman? That's close to Wycliffe, Kentucky. Yeah, I think it's downstream from the Mississippi River. Yeah. And yeah. there, the reason we went there, Jerry, is there is a ferry that goes across the mighty Mississippi River from Hickman, Kentucky, to Dorena, Missouri. And we All got right. uh, yes, a boot hill. Yeah, to the boot hill. And frankly, I think it may be one of the only automotive ferries that, that crosses the Mississippi in maybe even the whole river because i think they still have some down around new orleans don't they right? they may but remember yeah. a lot of places that a long time ago were probably never should have had a road going to anyway thanks to jimmy davis of, of louisiana and other places they put in well some, how about you uh, you are my sunshine yeah my that that jimmy sunshine. davis they put in some bridges <laughs> along the mississippi river in some areas that maybe shouldn't have gotten them but there, I know in some places it is a haul to cross the Mississippi River. You may have to drive over an hour in some cases. I remember before they had those bridges. And I've ridden ferries in Louisiana have you? in the 60s, yes. What, a, what was the first ferry you rode? 
Oh, similar to what you're talking about, about you and your son, Nolton. It, uh, we left Tacopola, uh, and I would say it's probably in 52 because we had a 51 Chevrolet Bel Air car and, uh, we crossed the river. We were going to the Ozark Mountains and we crossed the river at Helena. There was a, uh, ferry on, uh, US 49 that crossed the, uh, Across the river there, and I remember putting the car on and my heart beating through my chest. And uh, but then we got out, and me and my daddy got up in the front of the ferry and put our foot up on the bar and rail and looked at the Mississippi River as we crossed it. And I'm sure, just like you and Nolton, it was great fun. So let me hear about you and Nolton. Well, it was fun. About now, I'll be honest with you. I know how scary that Mississippi River can be. And you went across at Helena, Arkansas, across the river. There would be like Friars Point, Mississippi, hometown of Conway Twitty, by the way. That's right. Uh, but uh, the Mississippi, at least this past weekend, it seemed very calm. It seemed like a small lake. I didn't see anything too scary out there. But trust me, I know that Mississippi River is quite a force. Well, the further south it gets, uh, it gets wider and deeper. Okay. And uh, my granddaddy on my mother's side, not Tacopola, he stayed on the Mississippi River a lot. And I got a canoe, and I wanted to go from Tacopola and, and Tacopola Creek and the Yachty River and, and down and hit the Tallahatchie and hit the Yazoo and come out at, uh, at Vicksburg and go on down the river. And uh, I made it as far as uh, the Yachty River and Water Valley, and he stopped me. And he explained to me that he'd been on the river and he had seen logs. 30-inch diameter logs just shoot up out of the water in the air. Out of like nowhere. Come through, out of nowhere. You know, get in a whirlpool situation, mm-hmm. suck you under. He said, you know, the only way you could go in a canoe is get close to the land and make sure you weren't out in that deep water and you can't do that. Mosquitoes will eat you up and snakes will eat you up and everything else will eat you up. So keep your little 13-year-old rear end at home. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, can you swim the Mississippi River? Uh, Yeah, you can swim it, but you got to float a lot. And then I guess you got to hope that one of those logs don't decide to (laughs) get you in a whirlpool. Now, I've I've swam out and met a tugboat at Donaldsonville, Louisiana, you know, trying to impress a date one time. And uh, got to blowing at him, and we were on a sandbar. And he stopped on out there, and I waded out as far as I could, and then I swam on out. And uh, but that, you know, that wasn't anywhere close to the <laughs> middle of the river. You're, mm. you're a fool, in case I've never told you that. Uh, yeah, you're officially a fool. But but it's 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 like FF fun food. Okay, all yeah. right. Well, uh, hopefully the date turned out good for you. Yeah, you tell me your story. I want to hear. <laughs> no, I'd rather hear your story. So anyway, we no. cro- we cross over from Hickman to Dorena, Missouri. Which, when we left Hickman, it's actually a, a nice little town right on the Mississippi River. I'm sure a very historic town, in very southwest corner of the Commonwealth of Kentucky. We cross That's over. That's where the uh, excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was thinking back uh, when they had the earthquake there. That's where the river ran upstream. Yes. Well, you cross, when, we, when we crossed over to Dorena, to that side, 
where we went, there was absolutely nothing there. There was no building, no restroom, no nothing. It pretty much put you out where a little path came out to the river. And this is a ferry yeah. ferry that runs every day. And and it's a, it, that's actually a very good service they offer. In fact, the charge for a standard car on this ferry is $14. One way, one, one way charge, and and if you keep your your stub from the from the voyage when you want to go back, it's only seven dollars. If you show them your your ticket from before, it's only a seven dollar fare. They want to boost the reciprocal travel there along the Mississippi River between Kentucky and Missouri. Yes, a lot of people may not even realize that Kentucky and Missouri even border each other. They do, not for much, just like Tennessee, no. Tennessee and, right and Missouri. Cairo, Illinois, and where the Missouri River runs. Right. I mean, the Ohio River runs in. There. Right, and which I went, ended up going there too. But uh, also Tennessee and Missouri share a very small border along the Mississippi River. It's just, right here above Dyersburg. That's right, right. In uh-huh. Lake County in uh, in uh-huh. northwest Tennessee is, is where sure the border is. is. But anyway, we got over to Missouri, which when you get to the Missouri side, it's just like you're in parts of Arkansas and Mississippi. It is flat. It is nothing but cotton and cornfields. And I introduced my son to the term mirage because he'd never really <laughs> – been able to see a mirage on the road ahead of you where yeah, you can, oh, okay. where okay. you can see something looks like something's on the road and it's really nothing uh-huh. there. That's right. And you don't get to see that in a lot of the south because we've got hills and we got curves. You don't have straight roads that go for 20 miles. Well, I you, know it. You had that in the boot hill of Missouri. So we are yeah, able to, to go through Missouri a little bit. Then we crossed over into Yankee land at Cairo, Illinois. And right when you go there, there's Fort Defiance. It's the very tip of the bottom of the state of Illinois. And that is the confluence of the Ohio. Yes, Jerry, I just said that word, confluence. Confluence yeah. of the Ohio River and the Mississippi River. They meet at the bottom of Illinois, at the on one side of the other side of the river is Kentucky. On the Mississippi side, you got Missouri, and that is the 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 point that all three kind of come together at Fort Defiance in the state of Illinois. And we went in there, took a picture. It's kind of neat to see all that. And then we we journeyed further on up into Yankee Land. Jerry Short, give us a, give us a little history of Fort Defiance. Well, it was used primarily, at least on the, it's not a very good park. And I'm going to pick on it because it's, first of all, it's an Illinois state park. And yeah. you almost had to break your neck to even find it. There's hardly any markings for it. If you didn't see it on a map, you wouldn't even know to turn in there to get to it. Uh, I guess it floods a lot, probably. And so they haven't put a well, lot. Well, that, uh, that part of Illinois is really gone down. Did you go into Cairo? Well, we did. We went straight up the old road. Did you see all the buildings that are out of use now oh, that yeah. are boarded up? Yeah. It's... At one time, I've been told, there was 30 bars in Cairo, Illinois. I'm assuming they were a lot more free in Cairo than in Missouri and Kentucky and Tennessee. Uh-huh. It probably was a everybody, place that everybody wanted to go to. Uh, everybody went there. But uh, now, the last time I thought, drove through Cairo, I don't think I saw two or three open. Yeah. Three places open. It looked like it had definitely seen its better days, and I don't mind picking on it because it's certainly yeah, not in no, our geographic footprint. But, yeah, we went through yeah. Cairo and worked our way up, and we ended up going, and we're talking with Jerry Short, short stories here on the Y'all Show. We ended up going to Marion, Illinois, which is about an hour north of Cairo, 
And Marion is only about 50 minutes from Paducah, Kentucky, and it's right. only about two hours over to St. Louis, Missouri. But it is yeah, it was, wasn't that once the home of one of our favorite baseball players? Yes. It I'm was, not going to call any names. Well, it was once the home of Pete Rose when he was in the federal federal pen there. And I'm yeah, sure, I drove by and wanted to see him, and they wouldn't let me go in. Yeah, well, and, uh, I, I'm sure, I'm sure, <laughs> sure there's a good reason. But we, speaking of baseball, I said, I'd like to see Pete Rose. Speaking of baseball, sure we, speaking of baseball, Jared Nolte and I, we did go see the Southern Illinois Miners. That's a, I won't even call them a minor league team. They are actually in an independent league called the Horizon League. I think is what it is of of, of baseball. These kids don't even make money. But, man, they have an incredible ballpark. They are well attended. There were like 6,000 people at the game that I was at in a very nice ballpark, and it's very uh, well supported by the local community. And they were playing a good southern team, the Florence Freedom. Florence, Kentucky has a team in this league, and they were playing the Florence Freedom, and it was a fun night. They had a putt-putt in the outfield. My son got to putt-putt for the first time, and we we had a ball there uh, with the Southern Illinois Miners and there's also a team just across from St. Louis in that same league called the Gateway Grizzlies. But What's the price of admission? Here's another thing. I'm glad you asked me, Jerry. We went to the booth, and they do charge like $7 general admission. The young man at the ticket counter, and it must, maybe it might have been my sexy southern accent, he said there was no charge. They did not no charge good. us to go into the game. And this was an official baseball stadium. This was not some kind of third-rate operation. Very professional. I've seen double A teams that didn't have as good a deal as this, and they, they let us in. Now they got their money back. We ended up buying. We had to buy yeah. the putt putt equipment, and you, we bought yeah. other snacks. But it was a very uh, smart decision to let us in the game. Plus, he probably knew that I'd come on and tell the entire South what a great experience right. we had. And, in Marion, Illinois, we went to a great southern barbecue place called 17th Street right by the baseball stadium. Yeah. I, I had my good mustard-based barbecue, which you didn't think you'd find in Illinois. Oh, right. And they, they had the other items as well. Uh, just a fun getaway. If you're a southerner and you're looking for maybe a little kind of different place to go, consider consider southern Illinois. Go go to Marion or Carbondale, which is nearby, because it's not far. I mean, when just actually... Carbondale is pretty nice. That's where the Salukis hang That's out. right. But the funny yeah, thing no. is, when you get on the interstate from from Marion heading south on I-57, uh-huh. when you go down to Interstate 24, gigantic sign on the highway. You think you're in Jackson, Tennessee when you see it. You know why, Jerry? Because it says that. It, no, well, one sign no, says I-57 south to Memphis or go I-24 uh-huh. east Nashville. to Nashville. So you, in yeah. southern Illinois, you get to see the two big cities of Tennessee right there on the interstate. It's pretty funny. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But uh, we had a good experience. And I'm going to leave you with this before we bring you back and talk about something a little bit more morbid on my journey north where I got my passport stamped with my well, son. That was fun. We got to play. Just, we got to play golf up there in Illinois, and had a yeah. good time doing that. But the other thing, Jerry, and this is this is what I want to really uh, compliment Illinois on versus the entire South. At least my experience is out. Gosh, I love this region. We have the greatest region going, no doubt about it. But there's one thing, at least Illinois, and probably most of the North has on us, Jerry. You know what it is. Well, a lot of it is they don't have insects. <laughs> Amen. I sat at a baseball game for three hours, and I didn't have to smack my leg one time for a mosquito. And and, oh. and just last week, a friend invited me to a, a supper at their home, 
And I had to get up and leave after about three minutes and go inside because I was being assaulted by mosquitoes. And I'm a wimp when it comes to skeeters. And when I was well, don't in, go to Louisiana, whatever you do. Well, I won't do that. But when I <laughs> when I uh, made it to the ball game last night, I, I was wearing shorts and I was like, uh, I hope this isn't going to be a problem. And it wasn't. It was absolutely wonderful. So a good experience. If you're in the South, it's not that far to get to a place like Southern Illinois, especially if you're in the Missouri, Tennessee, Kentucky area. Your experience with mosquitoes? Oh man. Well, I stayed a lot. I've spent a lot of time in South Louisiana. Really? And uh, if you took a date to a drive-in theater in the '60s and '70s, they have a product that they sell called a pick, huh. and it's a coil. It looks like a uh, electric eye on a stove. You light one in, and it'll keep the mosquitoes hopefully out of your car. Really? Uh, if not, you will leave the theater as fast as you left your your friend's house. Uh, because they will take you off in South Louisiana. Any place that you've got swampland and standing water, and we have that in the south. And a gigantic and, uh, screen with a picture on it that it's going to attract mosquitoes. That's right. You know, <laughs> they, they put those buzz, uh, bug buzz, buzz zappers around theaters. I remember it used to be one in Memphis, and it sounded like a war going off with the bugs <laughs> hitting them, you know. <laughs> you couldn't even stay in a... You know, they tried to save you that way. But the only thing that will save you is a Thibodeau Lafouche Parish, Louisiana pick. Oh, man. Well, talking about Louisiana, Jerry, when we come back, uh, I think that pretty much highlights my trip through Kentucky, Missouri, and Illinois well, this past good, weekend. But we had a good time. But we love our yeah. South, too, so let's not leave out our southern states. When we come back with Jerry, we're going to talk about the Pelican State and some more memories of his time in Louisiana. That's ahead on Y'all with John Rawls. What do you hear? Most people just hear an engine. We hear a 6.2-liter Hemi V8 with a supercharger that accelerates so fast, it'll suck the air out of your lungs and knock you back in your seat like you're an astronaut in a rocket ship hurtling through the stratosphere. But then again, we're not most people. We're the Brotherhood of Muscle. Dodge. Domestic. Not domesticated. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. Lightning can spark a fire in seconds. So today, I'll show you how to protect your belongings by covering them in a fireproof blanket fort. All you need is a hammer, nails, and 700 fireproof blankets. Upon completion, you'll notice your apartment isn't just fireproof, it's also extremely cozy. You could try to protect your valuables with a fireproof blanket fort, or you could get covered for personal property damage through the Geico Insurance Agency. Go to geico.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a 
$50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Final segment of the Monday, y'all, with John Rawl. And we got our friend Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola. And he's telling us, uh, sharing his own memories of being assaulted by mosquitoes and and reliving my experiences past weekend as I took my son off to a, a journey north, kind of a Mark Twain adventure going across the mighty Mississippi on a ferry. And again, Darina and, uh, Darina and Hickman Ferry is what that's called. It connects... Missouri to Kentucky, if you're looking for something kind of fun and unique to do in the South, that's a, a pretty neat thing to, to check out. Now, it's very remote on both sides of the river, actually, but it is a little bit different than crossing the mighty Mississippi on a boring bridge. I mean, who needs a bridge anyway? Jerry, we want to talk to you about your time in Louisiana, and you were telling me before the show about, golly, and I don't know how this could be true, so just go ahead and tell us. Well, you know, we, we try to put a little something in with uh, whatever's going on in the world each week, if we can come up with a story. And, uh, you know, this week, you know, it's always it's something about our president or something that way. But this week, since North Korea is returning the uh, uh, partial bodies, uh, the remains of our soldiers from, from uh, I think it was 200 remains that they returned uh, from North Korea, from the uh, Korean War. And, you know, we, what we lose? Something like 35,000 soldiers in that. And there's still like 7,500 missing. So I got to thinking about all those parts and how you would ever identify bones and how long bones would last and, and buried and things like that. And, you know, it's without DNA today, it would be impossible to ID any of them hardly. But, I've I've been around a couple of situations that I was thinking about, you know, one in just I'm gonna speed over about three and go to a story that's morbid kind of, but uh, I'm gonna tell it. But uh, you know, uh, the first bone I ever found was in a Takapola motel, and it was actually a tooth, and I found out a tooth won't decay, and the old hotel had been closed for thirty years probably, and it was put there in the 1800s, but Anyway, I was a kid, and I found a gold tooth, and I thought I'd really found something. And I was a part of a human body that was so old. But then the next encounter I guess I had was looking at some land in Payne, Mississippi, which is south of Charleston on the Choctaw Ridge facing the Tallahatchie River. But um, there was a cemetery there on Choctaw Ridge Bluff that uh, an old man told me before I went back to look at the timber, look for bones sticking out of the bank where the bank's caving in. And, uh, you know, they had uh, coffins that were breaking, and it might be a leg bone or a thigh bone or something. So, you know, you don't think they last that long, but I understand a bone, will, if it's buried, will last 300 years before it turns to dust. So, you know, that was another encounter. And then after a hurricane or two in South Louisiana, uh, I was with my ex-brother-in-law uh, retrieving floating coffins that come out of 
mausoleums down there. And that was one. But the story that I wanted to tell you and relate to you was um, I came in one afternoon and uh, my brother-in-law to be, this was in 65 after Hurricane Betsy had hit and it had laid all the sugar cane down. It was, it was an old sugarcane plantation from pre-Civil War days that had a uh, family plot. And they built their own mausoleums out there with brick, and, and they'd put coffins in them. So he said that uh, a, a policeman had run some kids off from out there, and he was talking to him, and he said, why don't we ride down there and see what it is? Well, we got down there. A few people had already walked out there, and we met them on the trail walking out in the middle of the sugarcane plantation. And they said, it's so gory, you don't want to go. But we went on, and when we got out there, it had been a mausoleum. It had been built out of brick, and some kids had been out there throwing bricks at the brick mausoleum, so they got it started uh, coming apart, and then they got the top knocked off of it, and there was a coffin in it. It was a cast iron coffin. with It was sealed tight as it could be sealed. This was in 65, and it was sealed as tight as it was pre-Civil War burial area. And um, it had a glass, kind of like if you could look into it, you could see the face of the person. And uh, they had busted that glass. So the eye part, and I'm getting a little morbid, but let me tell the story because it almost goes on the uh, side of unbelievable. She looked like she had been dead for less than a month. She still had skin. And she still had hair. You could see the eyes were sinking. The skin was still on the body. The hair was still on the body. It had a white bonnet on her. It was about like a 16, 15, 16-year-old girl, probably plantation owner's daughter, who had lots of money to bury her like that. And um, um, she had a, a white gown on, a lace gown. And we looked at it, and then we decided to go back to town and get uh, his sister, who was my fiance, fiance, and uh, and uh, and and then uh, her friend. You mean financey? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and get her seeing her seeing her friend and uh, her twin brothers, and we went back out there. And by the time we got there, it was almost getting dark. But we followed the trail, and people had, had heard about it by then. And, they was wearing a trail out in the sugar cane. Well, we got up there, and somebody had, they had gone, and they had busted. You know how we have, uh, even back then, we had people that would do anything. And they had busted the top of the cast uh, coffin open. They had gotten out um, some of her hair, some of her clothing on her head. Her bonnet was on the ground laying off to the side part of it and it was torn and uh anyway uh her teeth had knocked some teeth out i mean it was a horrible horrible sight and by that time her skin the moisture that was left in her skin and i'll get back to how she could have possibly had any moisture or anything it she had already starting to shrinkle up and just turn to a wrinkle and and uh, you could see her her skeletal uh, facial impression as it was like an imprint or something as it was just sinking and her cheeks were sinking and everything was sinking in. And um, so we left and what I uh, 
they, they, we left and we called the uh, sheriff's department and they put a blockage on it and nobody else was allowed to go out there. They took the body up to LSU the next day. And all I know, and I'd give anything to find out if I could get into, go back down there, I'm going to do some research. But uh, all I could find out that LSU said in that day, that was, they determined that she had been buried 116 years. And that was in 65. So that meant she would have been buried in 49, 1849. And in 1849, they had a bad epidemic of yellow fever or malaria. Uh, Had both in the area, I think. And the medicines they used in those days was opium and arsenic. and, And, but the main one was quinine. And, Quinine goes back to the 1200, 1300s in, in Europe, and they made a liquid form out of it in uh, France. And the quinine would go through your body if you were sick, and you're, you're, before it could t- uh, get where it needed to be in your body system, you would lose half of it, obviously, you know, uh, the other way. And um, so, uh, LSU determined that she had so much quinine in her that it helped preserve her body, plus being in a sealed-in coffin, plus uh, 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 whatever else might have taken place of her condition or whatever other medicines. I don't think they had ran all the tests the last I'd heard, but uh, it was definitely a true story. And uh, this was in Napoleonville, Louisiana, just around. It was in Assumption Parish off of Bayou Lafouche between Napoleonville and Thibodeau, Louisiana. And Cajun country. Yeah, you know, you was in a situation where, you know, if they used Haitian uh, uh, people to cut cane then, too, they uh, believed wherever they died, their spirit would be there and haunt you forever. And uh, Marie Laveau and all of them are right there at Thibodeau. So they had a lot of voodoo going on. And so people were really shook about that situation at the time so anyway it was a it was a real uh, eye-opener for me at the time on that body you know and a skeletal and i, I just didn't realize that uh, it would be possible and i almost don't even realize it to this day but uh it was it was unbelievable john to see and if i had to give anything if we had smartphones where i could have got a picture or yeah, photo, not you know something. Hundred body that had been there 120 years almost in Louisiana yeah, that you saw sorry. with your own eyes in 1965. I saw it in 1965 during sugarcane season. I think it was grinding was getting ready to start down there, hmm. and uh, those things were getting really busy, and that's the reason that they were out there. And had Hurricane Betsy had come through and it laid the sugarcane over, and they had uh, it brought in people from the Dominion Republic and Haiti. Uh-huh. To cut the sugar cane with uh, cane knives, which is about like a machete, instead of uh, equipment. But wow. uh, it was really something, and uh, something I'll never forget. And I know it doesn't really fit in, probably with. Uh, it's quite um, a, quite a story, the, and of course the catalyst for you even thinking of that was our returning of the great heroes of yeah, Korea to I, our I, country. I hadn't thought of that in forty years, fifty years. And uh, when I got to uh, reading about the uh, 
200 remains of our soldiers and what all that meant and identifying them for the family and all. Mm-hmm. It just kind of hit me about that. And I just thought I'd share it with you, but, uh, well, thank I you. For, thank you for sharing. I'm not sure that our audience is going to be able to sleep tonight. Yeah. I, you know, I, that would probably fit more of a <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock yeah. scenario. And so if we talk about the birds or psycho, I'll bring that back up. Okay. okay? Sounds good. Jerry Short, thank you for that uh, tale. I won't label it anything but that because uh, it's it's definitely an interesting story and a true story. And that's what we got you on here to tell us things that we have not thought of or heard of. The teller of tales from Takapola Way, Jerry Short. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And looking forward, I'll. I'll try to lighten things up next week. Yeah, yeah. let's move on from the morbid body talk if we can. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to lighten it up with something funny next week. All right, that sounds like a plan. Well, folks, that wraps up our Monday, y'all. We want to remind you on Tuesdays, y'all, we're going to have a spotlight on the big primary in the state of Tennessee. That's right. The Butternut State is hosting a major primary, and Republicans are going at it for Senate. They're going at it for the governor's seat, and it's gotten ugly at times. And we're going to have an insider from the Tennessean newspaper in Nashville tell us all about it. That'll be on the Tuesday, y'all. You don't want to miss it. Plus, we'll have all your sports land yap and more on the Y'all Show. Until that time, have a great rest of your day. This has been Y'all with John Raw. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirabet on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. (sighs) Moving expenses. There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Small business owners, there's something you do better than anyone else. And with Vistaprint, it's easier than ever to promote what makes your business great. In fact, at Vistaprint.com, you can get 500 standard cards for as low as $9.99. Check out hundreds of customizable templates or upload your own one-of-a-kind designs. You can create a business card that works as hard as you and make it as unique as your business. Just go to Vistaprint.com to get your 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 4646 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 4646.